0: this next section is entitled Messiah Revealed the opening few verses of chapter 45 are some of the most tender and significant verses in the entire Torah having portrayed the life of an exiled and abandoned brother this family reunion in my opinion will only be excelled by the greatest family reunion in the history of mankind what is that? Listen up, listen carefully. The reunion, the reuniting of Yeshua and his immediate family, that is to say the Jewish people, that will be the greatest family reunion ever. Let's examine the similarities below. In our Torah portion, Yosef instructs everyone except he and his brothers to leave the room. Joseph has realized that he can no longer hide his feelings for his brothers. He realizes by the Spirit of God, I believe, that the time has come, the time is now, to reveal his true identity to his brothers. Why? Because his brothers have come to the place where their hearts are tender, their souls are aching. They realize that they have wronged the family, the father, the brothers, and they are desperately seeking restitution. It is this place, I believe, that Joseph sees fit to unveil the mask, to take off the makeup, to remove his, his Egyptian garb and press in close to his brothers. In this suspenseful moment between immediate family members, Joseph discloses his true identity to them Ani Yosef I am Joseph silence astounded and speechless at the impossible his brothers could not answer him the moment is surely heart rendering and and moving and Yosef doesn't want them to risk misunderstanding him anymore He bids them closer, gather closer, come close to me, close to my heart. He whispers ever so gently, I am Yosef, your brother, whom you sold to Egypt. I believe that you could have heard a pin drop in the room that day as his brother's eyes were opened to the truth here before them. Their brother, The one whom they wronged. The one whom they forsook because of of his silly predictions of leadership. The one considered by them as least significant. The one beloved of their father. He was now standing before them alive and proclaiming to forgive them. He didn't seek to harm them. It is significant for us to realize the the power and magnitude of love and clarity of soul that true forgiveness and restitution carries with them. Such a powerful lesson for us to realize. As it was for Yosef, allow me to be so bold as to make a prediction. I'm not trying to say I'm a prophet. But with the Torah picture in front of us, I can't help but speculate as it was for Yosef and his brothers that moment. So I firmly believe that it will be for Yeshua and his brothers that day as he draws them close and speaks to them tenderly. Ani Yeshua. I am am Yeshua. At first, it may also seem incredible to them as well. But, as his brothers learn of his true identity, that he was not merely some insignificant carpenter from Nazareth, or just another good rabbi, that he was not speaking under his own influence when he told them of the power in becoming a servant. That it was the will of the Father that allowed them to do him injustice. That he had been placed in a position, Jesus himself, of suffering and leadership. Why? To preserve their very lives. Then the Jewish people will also finally and corporately become reconciled to their long lost brother Yeshua Amen Won't that be a wonderful day Consider what the Torah has to say in the prophetic book of Ezekiel Quote, And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people and there I will plead with you face to face like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt so I will plead with you says the Lord God End quote. That's Ezekiel 20, verse 35 and 36, as rendered from the KJV. Also, we could note the quote from Zechariah, chapter 12, verse 10. Again, from the KJV, quote, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Now, in these particular passages, Hashem is speaking surely about a time when corporately the nation of Israel must contend with the Lord in truth a revelation between God and the children of Israel, the people of Israel, the Jewish people according to the flesh. Is Yeshua the Messiah? They must ask themselves, just like the brothers had to ask themselves, Is this Joseph? And if so, is Hashem the one who sent him to preserve their very lives 2,000 years ago? Is Joseph the one that was sent ahead of us to preserve our lives in this moment of crisis right now? Is this the very same brother... That we rejected standing before us today? Amazing, isn't it? The pleading that the Torah mentions is the same pleading that both the Father and the Son proclaim as an echad, as a unity, as a oneness. The very same pleading That I believe is taking place this day. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Quote, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. We know who's speaking there. It is Yeshua. So often we've um, applied these verses to ourselves as we find ourselves burdened under the yoke of sin. And it is true that these verses apply to us. But how much more do they apply to the Judeans, the Jewish people of whom Yeshua It's their brother of whom they have suffered under the burdens of their own sin for all these years. One day they will take his words to heart as they as as they discover the long lost brother that they abandoned two thousand years ago. This next section is entitled Personal Application. The lesson for us today is clear. Carrying the burden of guilt and shame are unbearable. God never designed for us to to, to carry that. The verse that I quoted earlier in Matthew out of the KJV is God's plan. The Messiah came into the world to bear our burdens. To carry the load. To be the sin bearer. Sin is is a yoke that is too heavy for us to carry. We were not designed to carry it, even though it is in fact our fault that we are carrying the burden. Mankind disobeyed. It is man's fault that we are sinners. God did not create us this way. But sin is a yoke that is too heavy for us. We will crush. We will be crushed under its weight if we do not seek some sort of redemption similarly running from the truth of Hashem's anointed one will constantly wear us down and eventually lead us to the point of our own destruction God did not design us to run from him We were not created to function this way. Hashem has decreed that in order to preserve life, we, you and I, must place our trust in his anointed one and allow his forgiveness to transform our hollowness into the reality of his righteousness, full measure. Yosef's brothers needed a supernatural change in their spiritual makeup. They were broken, wouldn't you say? And the internal confession of the brothers, coupled with the forgiveness of Yosef, was in fact the conduit by which the Ruach HaKodesh made that possible. We are witnessing, as we read the Torah portion here, the transformation of the brothers. Right before our very eyes, they are being forgiven. And it is a forgiveness that is therapeutic, it is a forgiveness that they needed. They were dying under the burden and yoke of the guilt and shame that they had suffered because of the dishonesty that they had been involved in. Although the Torah does not explicitly state that each brother confessed and asked for Yosef's forgiveness, it is implied in the confession of Yehuda their spokesman, He's speaking for them, and as his as their spokesman, he is necessarily conveying each individual brother's confession to Joseph. in fact, if you allow me to jump ahead just a little further into the Torah at Genesis fifty verse fifteen through twenty it's not in this week's portion, but it's in the next upcoming portion we're going to find that for the brothers, like so many of us today, even though forgiveness had been granted on their behalf, even though they are changing into the men that they are called to be they still sometimes wrestled with the concept of total and complete restitution you and I do that as well we know that God has forgiven us through Yeshua and yet there are times when we still wrestle with the reality of that. We we fall again under the uh, under the weight of our own guilt and shame and and we have to be reconciled to the Spirit once again. I'm not saying we get saved all over again, but we have to be restored. Yosef's brothers, as we read through the Torah portion, received a revelation of the plans of Hashem brought on as the facade melted away to reveal this simple truth beneath. Listen to it. Here it is. One was chosen from among the rest and singled out to preserve the life of all." End quote. That's it. That revelation is being made apparent to them now. Joseph was was called out from the brothers by the father, not Papa Jose or Papa uh, Israel, but rather by the heavenly father. Joseph was singled out to become the the um The preserver, the savior of the family, so to say. And allow me to pull a quote from the Stone Edition Art Scroll Tanakh by Masora Publications. It has this to say about the reunion. Quote, when Joseph said, I am Joseph, God's master plan became clear to the brothers. Everything that had happened for the last 22 years fell into perspective. So too will it be in the time to come when God will reveal Himself and announce "I am Hashem." Quote. The veil will be lifted from our eyes, and we will comprehend everything that transpired throughout history. End quote. Now, the um, the art scroll is quoting the Chafetz Chaim. He was another famous Rabbi, a famous sage who lived uh, a long time ago. But isn't it interesting that the quote from the Stone Edition Tanakh, which, by the way, was written and published by Jewish um, uh, 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 publishers, by authors, in other words, non-Christians, is what I'm trying to say, and they also recognize that the reunion between Joseph and his brothers is a type and shadow of the reunion that's going to take place between God and the Jewish people as a whole. Now, they call this reunion between God... And the Jewish people, but we who name the name of Yeshua know that a reunion with God is in fact a reunion with Yeshua. Amen? Amen. I believe that the above commentary is in fact hinting in the right direction. However, today, as I mentioned earlier, unequivocally, to understand Yeshua, to catch a revelation of the Son, is to understand the Father only by placing one's faithful or trusting faithfulness in yeshua can one ever, ever ever hope to catch a glimpse a genuine glimpse i should say of the sweeping scope of humanity thereby comprehending the will and the plans of hashem to know hashem today one must contend with the sun once this surrender takes place the blindness vanishes and a reconciling between family members that is between us and our heavenly Abba and our brother Yeshua takes place. Finishing up with the commentary in the Torah portion, Yosef's brothers now listened as he related how what they meant for evil God had used in creating a good situation. What have we to fear when things don't go the way that we planned? We scratch our heads today and we say, God, why is my life such a mess? Why don't things line up the way that you promised they would? Why am I such in such a predicament? Why consider giving up when our friends and family forsake and seemingly abandon us? Why do we do that? Certainly, Joseph was susceptible to these thoughts and emotions. He was human. And he had good reason to experience them. If indeed he did. I'm not saying that Joseph uh, had the same doubtful uh, um, speculations as the ones that I just mentioned. But he had every reason to. And yet, our Father, capital F, has demonstrated time and time again that he is intimately interested in the well-being of our lives. And that if we will earnestly trust in him he will take care of us yes he will and he took care of joseph also in fact the parasha goes on to detail the events surrounding the reuniting of israel to his long lost son joseph it's a happy ending after all israel meets the pharaoh and he blesses him, further demonstrating the potential blessing that awaits those who show favor to Hashem's chosen few. You see, the Pharaoh was not a covenant member. He was not singled out by God to be a covenant recipient the way that Abraham's family was, and yet this quote-unquote ungodly ruler, heathen ruler, if I could say, he extended favor to God's anointed one, Joseph and as a result God blessed this pagan king. Do you see that? The Pharaoh I believe found favor in the sight of Hashem because we know that Israel was God's anointed one and we know this because he chose, that is to say the Pharaoh he chose to quote speak well of both Joseph and his immediate family end quote does that remind you of a a lesson that I uh talked about uh, weeks ago in Parashat Breshit. Um, I think it's in uh, Lechelcha, way in Genesis chapter 12. God makes a promise to Abraham. And what does he say? He says, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. It seems that we're seeing this being played out right before our very eyes. This this pagan king, this pagan ruler, Pharaoh, blesses Israel, or blesses Joseph, and as a result, speaks well of him, as a result, God blesses this, this, this pagan king through Israel remember when those who are not of Abraham symbolized by the surrounding nations bless or speak well of because that's what the word bless means to bow the knee and to, to, to speak into the life of the other individual when these peoples bless Abraham symbolized by his offspring then Hashem blesses them in return This blessing and promise of heritage as a child of Abraham, if you will remember from Parashat Lech Lecha in Genesis 12.3, does extend to those faithful from among the nations that have joined him in righteousness. The faithful from the nations, the Gentiles who are being brought into the family of of Israel through the faith that they uh, have that is uh, identical to that which Papa Abraham has. This faith, is what allows them to be blessed. You can read Romans chapter four if you want to see um, Paul's treatment of that. Let's draw some conclusions to the story today, okay? After this great family reunion, there's there's many many applications and and conclusions I could, should make, but I just want to briefly, as I mentioned earlier, examine the Hafara portion along with this portion and to make some application there, okay? The address to the Haftarah portion is Ezekiel 37, verses 15 through 28. And in this portion, we have the prophet um, being instructed by Hashem to tell of the future restoration of the house of Judah with the house of Israel. Remember, the houses were split in the prophet's day, and God told him to tell that one day they would come back together. So you sh- you could see that this is the correlation between the two portions. There's a family reunion. You get it? Alright, well in this family reunion that the prophet tells about, Hashem promises to purge them of their filthiness and forgive their transgressions. This is wonderful as well. This renewal of the heart of the nation will also result in Hashem replacing them back into the land of promise. After he brings them back together. Never again to be uprooted. So we know this is still yet future because if this took place in Yeshua's day, well then they got exiled again uh, by the Romans. So we know that there was a partial reunion that took place between the time of Ezekiel's prophecy and the time of Yeshua because the, the the people were back in the land that is to say the exiles from Babylon and Assyria had returned to the land and had rebuilt the temple or at least begun to rebuild it but they were again exiled by the Romans in, in uh, 70, after the destruction of the temple in 70 and after the revolt in 165 but the Holy One promises to renew his covenant of peace of shalom with them and to multiply them, and to sanctify them, and to place his sanctuary among them forevermore. So we know there's a future redemption to this particular prophecy. And and as I read these words, I cannot help but, uh, but, but say, Baruch Abba Hashem Adonai, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, namely Yeshua. People, when we read these promises in Ezekiel, How can we allow ourselves to spiritualize the promises? No, no, no. These are 100% literal and very significant promises that are awaiting Am Yisrael, the people of Israel. And when? I believe they're awaiting them in the coming millennial reign of their as-of-yet-not-corporately-realized Messiah, Yeshua himself. Now, some biblical scholars, and, and, and you can look this up for yourself, and it's a shame, but some biblical scholars have attempted to finesse or even worse, spiritualize away these blessed promises. But I'm here to tell you, the unchanging, literal word of Hashem remains true, despite the erroneous views of men. In fact, as the passage also promises... In uh, chapter 37, verses 21 through 25, many of the people of Israel, the Jewish people, have already begun their return, their Aliyah to the land of Israel they are coming back to the land just like the Torah promises. This fact alone, that they are returning to the land, flies in the face of mistaken biblical teaching taught as of late, that the Jewish people have been abandoned, that the Jewish people have been replaced, and that the promises are spiritual and not literal. Replacement theology, supersessionism, cannot and will not thwart the eternal plans of the Holy One of Israel. Amen? Amen. However, it's not just going to happen because they're Jewish. God is not going to bring the people back. God is not going to reveal Himself to people who are stiff-necked and stubborn. In order for Israel to come to the place where Hashem will deal with them as Yosef dealt with his brothers, They, the Jewish people today, must, like Yehuda, be willing to admit their guilt and shame in forsaking their brother Yeshua, and they must beg for his forgiveness. The wonderful truth is that not only is the long-lost brother willing and able to forgive them, but he has already made the necessary provision for their forgiveness. The sacrifice has been made, the price has been paid, and the father's arms are open wide, waiting for his long-lost estranged brothers to be reconciled to the lonely anointed son that they forsook 2,000 years ago. He died. And he rose again to demonstrate that Hashem sent him ahead of them to ensure the survival of the land and to preserve life. Yes, he will prove to them corporately and finally that what they intended for evil, God intended for good. May that day come soon. The closing blessing is as follows. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu Melecha Olam Asher natan lanu Torah Met, Ve olam nata batohinu. Baruch ata Adonai. Noten haTorah. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. You've given us your Torah of truth. And you have planted everlasting life within our midst. Blessed are you, Lord giver of the Torah. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. That concludes our show for today. Remember, because the Messiah has already come, the Torah is now a document meant to be lived out in the life of a faithful follower of Yeshua through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh to the glory of God the Father. It should not be presumed that it can be obeyed mechanically, automatically, legalistically, without having faith, without having trust in Hashem, without having love for God or man, and without being empowered by the Ruach HaKodesh. To state it succinctly, Torah observance is a matter of the heart, always has been, and always will be. My name is Torah teacher Ariel Ben-Lyman Hanavi. The intro and outro song, Shema, was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Kingsley. For information on contacting Ryan, you can reach me by email at yeshua613 at hotmail.com. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A number 613 613- at hotmail.com or visit our website at graftedin.com that's graftedin.com